welcome back to the Angel Baby Show. I'm Ava Lynn. And I'm Elise. We're so excited to have you guys listening today. We have an amazing interview, an SNL person, an extreme character actress that you've seen in Forrest Gump and a million things. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're super excited. And I think Elise, you've already interviewed her like a couple years ago. Yeah, I actually interned. I interviewed her back in 2021 for her film Rushed, not knowing that I would ever see her talk to her again um and she talked about her upcoming movie which ended up getting 90 percent on rotten tomatoes which is kind of insane um considering it was her first debut as a writer and a director on a film because she for the past 30 years has been an actress she's been on snl forrest gump men in black and so i'm super excited to talk to her i don't know if she remembers me but um <laughs> hopefully hopefully um we can have a nice conversation about just, you know, the film process and the, the shift between being an actor and being a director, which I've heard actually makes you a better director if you've had some experience on camera. Um, yeah, so yeah. that will be our interview coming up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we just, we're going to talk about career updates for Elise, um, some auditioning tips that she has because she herself is auditioning right now. Um, and then I'm going to talk about The Voice because it was actually my one year anniversary of when my episode aired. Uh, um, so kind of crazy for me to look back on. Um, but yeah, we just we kind of woke up today. It's, you know, this fall haze. Um, I feel like football Rainy is kind of coming back. Yeah, exactly. Football is coming back into the swing of things. I noticed the NFL has gotten so much buzz right now because um, Taylor Swift is potentially dating uh, this superstar NFL person, Travis Kelsey. Um, so that's kind of brought NFL into the into the limelight, which I feel like is so fitting because it's fall and um, it just kind of all feels all feels right. So I'm excited for October to. No, me too. It's funny too because, like, um, I think it just depends on like your demographic as an audience. Because we're like, oh, football's getting huge, and then I'll say like, oh yeah, Taylor Swift made this guy super famous, and then I'll talk to people that are really into football, and they're like, oh well, he was a huge deal before Taylor Swift, and like, it's just funny how the worlds are colliding. I feel like between stuff that Ava and I would be interested in <laughs> to like yeah. people that actively watch football and everything. So it is very, um, I know I have heard that Taylor Swift increased his merch from like f to 400% or some crazy statistic, oh but I believe it honestly. No, I fully believe it. The Swifties are a strong community, um, but, but I'm actually excited because I'm going to a college football game um, for Tennessee in about like two weeks, I think. Uh, um, and then I'm going to extend my trip and possibly do a gig in Nashville. But I'm just very excited. I, I, I've seen the Tennessee games, the Tennessee fans. Obviously, Morgan Wallen has kind of brought the Tennessee, you know, fandom to the limelight. But I'm very excited. It feels like a very fall time in my life. It's it's um it's very exciting. And just kind of to start off this episode, do you want to talk a little bit about your potential trip to Nashville and like what you plan to do and just kind of your experience with country music and visiting Nashville as like musician? Yeah, so I visited I have visited Nashville a couple times. Um after the voice the the contestants on my season, season 22, got together in Nashville and did a little um, kind of like reunion uh, for for our season. And then we all just kind of performed together. Some people did duets, some people did um, regular songs. And there I met a lot of singer songwriters. I connected again with the people at The Voice and it was just great. Um, I went into a lot of um, studios and a lot of meetings with producers and um AR people and it was just good i was kind of just getting my feet wet after the voice i didn't really know what i wanted to do after the voice um so yeah i just i am a little bit nervous to go back to nashville because i don't i still don't really know what i'm doing um but i'm going back and i'm going to do a gig for our family friends kind of fundraiser event and there's going to be media there and i'm kind of um sticking 
my Nashville trip to my um, Tennessee, like Knoxville trip. And then uh, I could also possibly, this is might not happen, but um, I could also, I work for, or Elise and I have done a lot of modeling for this company at Mia Bella Couture, and I could possibly stick on something for them um, towards the end of that trip. So I might as well be already out there, you know? Exactly. Right. Like with airline tickets, I'm like, well, I'm already out there and I'm already probably going to be late to my first class. So, um, (laughs) yeah, but but we'll see. So that's kind of what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to see my old North Carolina friends who I haven't seen in years. Um, so it's going to be like a whirlwind of a trip, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm very excited for it. No, I'm so excited for you. I remember you were talking about this earlier in the summer and I just think that um nashville just for your style and like your like actual fashion style and your um music style i really just think nashville fits you perfectly and i love whenever you get a chance to go out there so i'm excited to hear about that um but yeah no fall is super exciting halloween i actually just got back literally like five seconds ago i auditioned for um uh, Pomona theaters they're doing the musical Rocky Horror the Rocky Horror Picture Show um, which I'd actually never heard of but after doing some research it's very very popular and I think in like my next segment I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how that audition process went and then also just auditioning in general and tips because every time I leave any audition I kind of feel bad about myself for some reason <laughs> and so um We'll just see, you know, I, I really don't know. I've been rejected so many times, so many times at Pomona that like I'm kind of used to it now. But um, I think, you know, pra- well, I look at it as practice for like hopefully the real the real Hollywood stuff. Um, yeah. No. And that's honestly such good practice, like to get rejected at things that are low stakes in a way. But I'd actually love at least to hear about the Rocky Horror Picture Show because I didn't realize it was the way it is um when you were describing it to me because all i know is like the glee version so i'd love to hear about it yeah well so i pretty much after talking to like our mom and like my friend's mom and just people from the gen x generation um i guess it was very popular in like the 70s and 80s because um typically well there's a film that you can watch um i actually watched it last night before i auditioned just to kind of get a feel for what it's about um and it was really popular to go to the theater and people would perform on stage and they would lip sync in front of the screen and kind of reenact the show and there's it's a cult classic so it has like a really kind of slow burn following of really passionate <laughs> followers and they have all kinds of traditions when it comes to the musical that i'm not super familiar with but like throwing toast at the audience and the audience nicknaming cast members and kind of chanting their names at certain parts and just there's um kind of like an expectation when you go to Rocky Horror that like you dress up and you kind of you the, the the actors in the audience really engage with each other. Um and because it is such a like weird kind of spooky Transylvania-esque story, people tend to to perform this during Halloween, which is why Pomona, whether I'm in it or not, they are performing this at midnight on Halloween. Um and so yeah, it's kind of interesting to just see how traditions build and it, it's really exciting to see a collective of people kind of all there's just so much spirit in it and i love that because i think living in california for the past five years people just won't get into things and they'll be like oh no i'm not gonna go to prom or i'm not going <laughs> but people when they go to see rocky horror they really like throw themselves into it and just part- fully participate in the performance and so um yeah i will talk a little bit more about how i actually auditioned and auditioning tips in general but whether I'm in the show or not, I do want to see it because it sounds like a lot of fun. And the movie was actually really entertaining. It was super weird. It was very like something I was not used to kind of anti-theater in a way. Like they just kind of throw things at the audience. Um, but it was really enjoyable to watch. And I also only knew it from Glee before. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited. I agree. I think we should go see it, whether you're in it or not, but I'm crossing my fingers. I hope you are. 
Um, but it sounds so Halloween-y. It sounds so fun. Um, I think we're going to take a break soon. And right afterwards, we're going to get into our interview with the amazing actress, Sabone. Yeah, uh, Siobhan. Siobhan. Um, no, I know. It, it, I, I was nervous when I first interviewed her i had to go watch a bunch of interviews just to make sure i said her name perfectly um that's definitely like one of the hardest things about an interview is like not butchering their yeah. last name but um no she I was know. so nice especially, and sorry go for it i was just gonna say especially when the name is so pretty but yes yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm really excited to talk to her today. Hopefully she tells us a little bit, not just about her film, but just her work as an actress and someone in the industry for many years. Um, I know she's very passionate about family forward films, and she writes a lot of her films kind of based on her own inspiration as being a mother. So hopefully she can talk a little bit more about that. And I am super excited. Yay. We'll see her in a second. Thanks for watching. This is the Angel Baby Show. I'm Ava Lynn. And I'm Elise. Stick around. here to see you. Who's that? Oh, it's my ex-roommate. She moved out four years ago. I, I've been subletting my apartment from her. See you. Yeah. Hey. Please. <laughs> Hi, Tina. Hi, Elaine. So, haven't seen you in a while. Elaine, we have a problem. <laughs> well, what is it? You're getting kicked out. Kicked out? Why? Well, there's been a number of complaints. Yeah, like what? Well, like last Thanksgiving, you bust up a jewel thief. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. That's why there's a buzzer. What else? Well, apparently the week after that, you buzzed up some Jehovah's Witnesses and they couldn't get them out of the building. What else you got? Well, let's see. Ugh. Um, I'm here today, Elise, with my sister Ava. Welcome back to the Angel Baby Show. And today we have a very special guest, Siobhan Fallon Hogan. You may know her from movies like Men in Black and Forrest Gump, as well as shows like SNL and Seinfeld. I actually interviewed her two years ago for her film, Rock back in 2021. Um, she is a fabulous actress, writer, and producer, and I'm so excited to have you today. Welcome in. Thank you so much, Elise. And hi, Ava. I didn't get to meet you two years ago, but I'm really happy to be on your show. Hi. Thank you for coming in. I love that you're a family affair. You know, my movie Shelter and Solitude is a big family affair. It's my husband's yes. the producer. My son is a producer, and he's also in it and the music supervisor. And my daughter, Sinead, is 21, and she's a production designer, and she's an actress in it as well. So I, I love working with family, and obviously you two do as well. Yes, I know. That was actually something that we were going to talk to you about. I was, the Angel Baby Show, we got the name from our mom. And then you were just telling us that yes. you called your daughter Angel Baby. Completely Angel Baby. In, even I would even use it, you know, endearingly. But then when there was ever tantrum, temper tantrums, I'd be like, okay, Angel Baby. And then she'd kind of look like, <laughs> <"You know." laughs> yes, I love that Angel Babies. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well and I'll tell you, we're, th we're into the home stretch here with the movie. You know, we open a week from today and it is, you know what it's like working together. Sometimes it can be fabulous and sometimes it's just tense. So it's like you learn every facet of your family. It's some that's, that can be a little rough right now. We're like exhausted because we just got back from Nashville, our big premiere. So we're, we're running on fuels. Well, I love that. I love that so many of your films have kind of been about this family effort and family forward. And I think it comes from maybe just working with family and being close to family. And I think 
as sisters, we do a ton of work together. And I really like any movie that kind of sends that sentiment. Um, would you like to share a little bit more about like what inspired you to write this film specifically and how it's a little different from Rushed or how it's similar to Rushed? Absolutely. So I'm from a big family, five kids. I was a second kid in upstate New York. I grew up outside of Syracuse, Casanova. My dad and I were really, really close. He was really funny, you know, but tough. He kind of liked like a big, tall Tip O'Neill. People always said Bill Fallon should take it on the road. He was so funny. He was an attorney. And so he represented a lot of prisoners. And so he would tell us about them at the dinner table. And I was kind of like fascinated. I was also afraid. Sometimes I'd go to bed at night and be like, oh, I hope they don't come in the house. And so, but he also wanted me to be a country singer. So when I, when I finished Rushed, um, you know, I had no idea how hard it was to produce. And, you know, when you're acting in a film and then you're producing, you know, you're on camera acting, crying or laughing or whatever. And then in between, they're like, okay, let's reset and get the lighting. My uh, director, Vivica Massage, is Danish, you know, okay, Siobhan Van Hogan, get ready. And I would like be like texting my husband, are the porta potties clean? When's the lunch coming? 15 minutes to lunch. We don't want to go into overtime. So it's like completely balancing both hats. So once rushed, we finished the edit. Then we had to do in France where Sabine Emiliani, our editor's from. Then we had to go into the sound edit, which was then remote because it was, it was COVID. And so when the film finally ended, I'll never forget. It was April 24th, 2021. And I thought, I am taking a break. I am exhausted. And around May 1st, I was in bed. Of course, not sleeping, thinking, hope the movie does well, rushed. And this idea came to me. I thought, what if a guy's on death row and a washed up country singer becomes his prison guard? And then I said, wait a minute, I have to get Robert Patrick in it. You know, Robert Patrick from The Terminator, Walk the Line, who played my husband in Rushed, because I love working with him. He's such a great actor. And he's a real man's man. You know, he's right for a gruff, gruff guy, especially for the warden. He's fantastic in the movie. So I was like, he could be the warden. So literally the next morning I got up and I looked at the piece of paper that I scribbled down, like when people do when they have a dream or something. And I said, I'm going to write this. And it, and it came out in three weeks. I think it was a miracle. Well, Rush wow. came out in 2021. Three weeks later, we started filming Shelter and Solitude. So wow. it was crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh. And when you're right, when you get an idea like that and it's so fresh in your mind, do you just kind of throw yourself into it for three weeks straight? Does that always happen to you? Or was that just a specific? I mean, the crazy time? part is, well, I see, I wrote one woman shows over the years when I didn't have work, you know, because mm -hmm. so when I first started out in my twenties, um, like you girls, I, they, I was weird looking and I had a weird deep voice. They were like, look, you're not going to work till you're in your forties. And I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not waiting for that. So I wrote a one person show of all the characters I'd want to play. And and I put it on like in the lobby of the building and I hoodwinked, hoodwinked like reviewers. And I said, hey, I'm doing this off Broadway. Well, I was I had rented the lobby out of an off Broadway theater. So people thought I had an off Broadway show, but I really was only on the lobby on Monday nights when the theater was dark. So over the years, whenever there would be a lull, like, you know, after I had three kids, I was like, you know, maybe a little bit out of the loop. Um, I'd write a one woman show and then would kind of pick my career up again. So my youngest daughter, Sinead. So my kids are Bernadette's 28. She's a big journalist in New York City. She was the city hall bureau chief for the New York Post. She just left and now she's um, on camera for New York One. She looks wow. more like my husband. She's more for on camera. So um, my son, Peter, is just turned 25 and my daughter, Sinead, 21. So when she was about to go to college, I thought to myself, what am I going to do with myself? I can't cook. I'm terribly cleaning. And as a character actress, you only really work like four months out of the year. Now you try to pretend you're working more. Like people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm working on <laughs> nothing. Um, and they're like, what's, what's up next? I'm like, um, going to get an ice cream cone. So, okay. So I thought, well, I should try to write a movie because I mean, I've been in enough of them. And I always tell young kids, I say, listen, I didn't know one thing about writing a movie, but I knew that I'd been in them. People would be like, Oh, I really like the way the A story flowed into the B story. And then when the C story, I was like, what in God's name is that? I don't even know what it was. So I just winged it. So when Shelter and Solitude came along, I was, I was like, huh, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> now, I'm not so good at endings. I will tell you that. And I actually not, don't really love the ending of Rush. This movie, like we just got back from Nashville and you'll be interested in this. So because I have young kids, 
it makes me look like I'm on the pulse and I'm hip and I'm about the least hip person that you'll ever meet in your life. Now, if I lowered the camera, you'll see that I'm pretty much almost in my pajamas. I, I told you I left my makeup in Nashville. <laughs> I'm sitting in bed and my old dog, Trudy, who's actually in the movie because we named the town Trudyville. So, okay. so my kids are like, my son's like, mom, you need to have really good country singers if you're going to be a, a washed up country singer. So he got me in with Justin Bill Tonin from Three Doors Down. And I sing a song with him. You know, they're like major. Matter of fact, in Nashville at the premiere, Tuesday night, I was on the underground rooftop singing with him. I was like, I have arrived. And Todd Cameron, then in the movie, for hip young people like yourselves, is Rob Banks, fabulous rapper, um, who's Shaggy's son, but on his own, he doesn't need to be called someone's son. He's fabulous. And Fat Nick. Fat Nick was actually played the drug, one of the drug dealers in Rushed. So they are these famous actors, but this, so we go out to Nashville for the premiere and you're thinking, you know, it's like having a baby. You're like, Oh, I hope the birth goes well. I hope I don't have to have a C-section. I hope my baby's healthy. So you go and I have this premiere and there is young and old. There's rappers like clevers there, you know, who was right for post Malone and Justin Bieber. And there's born again, Christians. I'm a big Catholic because Nashville's like really born again, Christian. There's every religion. My Jewish friends are there. It's like this eclectic group. I'm like, Patty Peaton's there from Every Loves Raymond. It's like insane. And I'm sitting there and you're, it's like an out-of-body experience. And the movie is, they're getting it. And they're laughing really hard at the jokes that like, I make fun of like a little bit like the boarding Christians. They make fun of the Catholics. We make fun of, you know, I'm scared of, I'm scared of um, the, the, the trailer park, you know, and I am this washed up country singer who sang in Nashville once, which I was easily able to write because, you know, when you're a character actor, sometimes you're up like that men in black people are like, oh, she's cool. Hang around with her. And then you have a couple of years off and like people are like, yeah, I don't really want to hang around there. She's probably done, you know, because sometimes yeah. people in this industry are about as deep as nothing. So they're like, <laughs> well, you know, you think I thought I was really friends with you when we're on that set. But once you're like not flavor of the month anymore, not on Saturday Night Live. They're like, who cares about her? So I was able to write about a woman who sang in Nashville just once, one night. But she's such an egomaniac that her bar is all posters of herself from that one night. So she's <laughs> like, she's like Mrs. Havisham. I don't know, you know, from Weathering High. Like, she's like, you know, basically living in the past. Mm -hmm. And she treasures that one night. And she's kind of a cougar wannabe, but no one will have her. And she's not exemplary in any way. She swears and she drinks too much. But when she has the opportunity to guard a man on death row, who's an African-American, and you think the story is going to be like, oh, she's the great white hope. She's in no way that way. He's her inspiration and he's this beautiful person. And you see below all that rough around the edges is this gorgeous woman inside who's charitable and kind. Same with Robert Patrick's character. So, you know, Robert has been in every movie under the sun. He didn't need to do my movie. I'm paying people about $2.50 a week. He loved it because he's like, Siobhan, this is, this is a movie about love, hope, faith, but not in an icky way. It's these rough around the edge characters who are a common bond of making this prisoner's last 10 days of his life worthwhile. So mm -hmm. that's why I think every walk of life is loving it. And that's why we got the call. So imagine me sitting in my house, self-producing, self-distributing. And I get an email from AMC, had seen the screener. And they're like, we want to pick up your movie and have a wide release. And shortly after that, Regal. And everybody in my neighborhood was like, was someone murdered in the Hogan's house? Because what's all the screaming going on over there? <laughs> that's and I, I'm so curious with, with the way that you described this washed up country singer, like I can just picture, I can picture the bar. Were there any specific roles or people that you kind of, I feel like a lot of actors when they're taking on a role, they think of someone in mind that they're trying to embody. Was there anyone you were kind of impersonating at all or? Well, it is hilarious at my stage of the game because some of my close friends think that they've still got it. And believe <laughs> me, they don't. <laughs> and they will try to like rock a dress that is like no business my mother used to be like kids 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 now look at that woman imagine her thinking she could pull that dress off 
but like in the in the movie, I'm like showing a little too much cleavage, a little kind of gross, fleshy. Like I got the long eyelashes on, and you know, doing the hair up, and and wearing the high heels. Like she thinks she's got it going on, and she does not. But she <laughs> thinks she does. You know, she's like, and she's like, Lisa, I just won't tell you, I love you so much. And she's got her built-in audience, and she's because she's a big fish in a teeny tiny little town. Her ego's been fed, and and but now the bar shuts down, and she's a people person, and she's and she's single because no one would have her because she was too much, as they say in the movie. He says, "How come you never married?" I said, "Well, I don't know." And he <laughs> says, and she pauses. She says, "Well, my daddy always said it's because." I had unearned effervescence and I intimidated the boys. In other words, she thinks she's unbelievable, but it's unearned. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad, but it's funny. See, but she doesn't feel sorry for herself. She just is a little pathetic. So then the audience kind of like loves her. Yeah, I kind of love her. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. I'm already <laughs> obsessed with this character. And, and people can see that can, can, can watch the trailers, by the way, on the Regal YouTube channel and on the AMC YouTube channel. And for people your age, not, listen, I know nothing about followers. I mean, I mean, Instagram disaster and these, <laughs> whatever they are, but people need to follow us because we depend on that social media at shelter and solitude or at Siobhan Fallon Hogan to spread the word and watch this YouTube um, trailer and just get the word out. Cause we need people out next weekend. And I'll be on the Seth Meyers show Wednesday night. I'll be on good day, New York. So, I'm just tap dancing, getting, you know, trying to get the word out. No, that's perfect. Sure. And we plan on airing the trailer in this radio segment too, so they can awesome. listen and tune into. Oh, I also want to give a big shout out to Peter Macon, who plays the prisoner. He is superb. He's like a young James Earl Jones, and he knocks it out of the ballpark. And for Broadway lovers, Michael Oberhauser, who plays the young guy who I tried to pick up, but it will have nothing to do with me, he was nominated for a Tony for Take Me Out. And, and oh, Dan wow. Castellaneta, who's the voice of Homer Simpson's in it, and my good friend Patty Scanlon. We have an amazing cast. And my son, Peter Hogan, of course, is Chris. And my daughter, Sinead. Sinead plays um, a hippie. And in Rush, <laughs> she plays Jake's Weary's girlfriend, who's a cokehead. And she's like, Mom, are you trying to say something to me? I'm a good girl. <laughs> First the druggie, then the hippie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, do I don't know. My sister is a musician and so she can talk a little bit more about the country music, but I'm just kind of curious after a little tidbit, you have a great Southern accent and we used to live in North Carolina. So we oh. kind of know that, but say, you say you grew up in upstate New York. Yes. Did you kind of grow up listening to country music? Were you yes. very familiar with the industry? And <laughs> so my dad was obsessed with Johnny Cash. My dad was obsessed with, um, with um, Tennessee Ernie Ford, Loretta Lynn, he just loved that. And then back in the day, they used to have these big cassettes, like almost the size of my laptop that they would put in. And I remember one time I popped it out. He drove a big black Cadillac and the tape came out. And then you would have thought, you know, that he, the, the wheel fell off his car. But yeah, so wow. I just love country music. But it's crazy because my son like loves rap and I've grown this great appreciation because both are so kind of intertwined and I'm Irish descent, both story, you know, tell stories. So that's the kind of me. I love a good story. Mm -hmm. And when we flew out to Nashville and I got to record with Todd Cameron and I got to record Justin Bill Tone and song heartache rodeo and then soul in these boots was Todd's. I was like in the sound booth and I was like, this is a real lesson for like, I'm sure your mom is probably younger than me. But like to not, you know, I raised my kids and I, I brought my kids everywhere with me when I did movies or whatever. But I said no to a lot of movies because I wanted to be with my kids. And mm -hmm. so it just is for, for like women my age, you know, there's a whole new career path out there once you raise your kids and you never really finish raising your kids, you know. So, I mean, you know, I'm in Nashville with like one eye open thinking, are they going to come off whatever <laughs> that street is, Broadway or my... <laughs> Like, what is happening? That's but hilarious. I I, I, I'm in another I, movie that I play a Boston um, prison guard. I mean, prison secretary with Anne Hathaway coming up in December. 
I'm sorry, I, inter- oh I interrupted you. What did you want to say? Oh my gosh, no, I was just going to ask about the recording process um, oh. in Nashville. I just feel like that's such a like unique, amazing And I, I do want to hear about the Anne Hathaway film. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, the recording was unbelievable. So it was like everything that you see on TV or that I guess people that are musicians do, and I got to do it. So like I get to the sound studio and this Todd Cameron's there and he's like, I oh, was a big cowboy head. He's like, okay, ready to record. And I was like, sure. And anyway, and the engineer's there and I'm like, all of a sudden I have like this mini panic attack. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really a singer. And we call this washed up country singer. So I get in that booth and my mother who passed away just shortly before she was 97 and just before the movie. And I remember her saying, now, Siobhan, you can sell a song. So you just fake it. So I was in that and I just started rocking like I was a country singer. My son snuck in and videotaped me. It's like from behind, I was like, and if I was a rodeo. And I, just, I would just do like, and I'm just like do fake stuff. But so the Anne Hathaway movie. Yeah. So, oh, that was another thing. So right after we finished filming Shelter and Solitude, our editor first gets the movie and she takes a shot at editing it without me there in a linear way. So there was no flashbacks. There's a lot, a lot of flashbacks. It was just told in a straightforward way. And you know, it's just like dating. When you're thinking, I do not want to go on another date with some bozo. I thought, I do not want, I don't want to work right now. I'm exhausted. It was after Christmas. And of course, I get a call about this film that William Aldroyd was, was directing. And I love him. And it was Anne Hathaway and Thomas and McKenzie. And they wanted me to play this Boston tough uh, prison secretary. And I was like, oh, I love this. And <laughs> freezing, freezing. And I'm from Syracuse. So I'm used to cold. But it was a cold snap in New Jersey. But anyway, it was great. And it, and it was a big Sundance hit this year. And it will be coming out in December. Oh, nice. Um, well, it was so great hearing a little bit more about Shelter and Solitude, which will be released in theaters October 6th this yes. year. If you want to share any more about where we can find it. And then also a little bit about, about um, the movie with Anne Hathaway coming out in December where to watch, where to follow. Yes. And I know you're out in California, so it's going to be not just at the Regals and the AMCs, but it's going to be at the Lemley in, in um, Santa Monica. It's going to be a lot of independence. So just, you know, if you want to go to the Regals with AMCs, you can buy the tickets now. They're on sale. Check out the trailer on Regal or AMC. Go to our Instagram at Shelter and Solitude. And we come out and support us because we're an independent. And if we do well, the first weekend we'll be back. And I have another one that I'm writing. And we will be back with a great, beautiful message that's American hopeful and puts all problems aside, all differences. And it's a story of love and hope and redemption. Awesome. I love to hear that. Thanks girls. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Great talking to you. You're lucky to get to work together and nice seeing you again. Yes. All right. Toodaloo. Nice to meet you. Uh, bye-bye angel babies. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, y'all, I'm going to miss you all so much. Two weeks without seeing your faces. And I'm going to tell you something. I love y'all. And I want to say God bless you during this time. Hit it. Please bless your Lord Jesus. You help me be a person. How you doing there, Valerie? What's all this? Putting up your barricade. That's horseshit. Um, hello. We ain't going to let you in if you buy some weed. Something. I'll buy a perk. Also, bless my poor brother Dwayne. Please help not to be such a bastard. Call the governor's secretary, have her post a position for a death row prison guard. Go do God's work, Valerie. Thank you, Chrissy. Hey, what the hell are you doing? Going to work just like you. This ain't a nightclub. Really? I couldn't help but notice. Good God. Hell, do you think you are? I should be ashamed of myself. You think you're so perfect because you're the warden? Good morning, Mr. Jackson. I got your new guard here. Her name is Valerie. Sir. I remember his trial and we all cheered. You. Please me. I'm not saying we're friends, but I read an article. They said you was the hero. She visit you. I told him, I said, 
I cannot sit here all day in silence. What'd she say? I didn't say a word. Not a word. You don't think it makes me sick to my stomach knowing that in eight days I gotta put him to his death? I ask your Lord Jesus to protect my daughter. Me and you were raised to bend rules. You are a man. Now you bend. Everybody, I'm Elise and I'm here with Ava and we're back from the Angel Baby show. We just had a fantastic interview with Siobhan Fallon Hogan. I was so nervous to talk to her, but she's just the nicest, most welcoming, down-to-earth person I've spoken to and I really enjoy everything she says about just the industry and writing and directing and producing. Um, so if you haven't listened to that yet, please go back and listen to it. She shares very insightful stuff about her upcoming movie. Um, And so, as I mentioned before in the introduction, I just got back from an audition. I auditioned for, um, well, not my college, but the college next to me, Pomona College's theater department. They're putting on Rocky Horror for Halloween. Um, And I kind of described what Rocky Horror, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is, if you're not familiar with it, um, back in the introduction. But right now in this segment, I really want to talk about the audition process, my audition for Rocky Horror, and also just audition tips that I've learned over the years and things that I advise. So um, yeah, I'll just kind of get into it. So um, for this particular audition, um, Rocky Horror, if you're not familiar, is kind of out there and you have to be very just confident and putting yourself out there and dancing and don't be afraid to bring out like your funky side, which I am not typically like as a performer, I would say the most like confident, like, woo, like, look at me. I'm a rock star, you know? So, um, I was kind of nervous to go into this. So I did a lot of research beforehand and I tend to do that. Ideally, I want to get to know the script and the story and the actor as much as I can before I go in. Obviously, some cases as an actor, you're going to get sides to a film and it might be top secret. You might not even know what the film's about and you might just get one page of dialogue. And that is where as an actor, you really just have to like throw yourself into the role, make as many unique and very specific decisions as you want, as you speak the lines, um, which can be really hard because you're kind of thinking like, oh, I want to, I want to impress the director and I want them to like what I'm doing. That can kind of, if you have that mindset, it can really hurt you because you're thinking too much about what they want when in reality, you really don't know what they want. So you, the best case scenario is to just go out there and put yourself in whatever you feel like this role says. And the more specific you are, kind of going back to what I said earlier about having your own brand, um, the more specific you are to yourself, the more likely you are to stand out because, you know, everyone else is already taken. So choosing roles and making decisions based on you is probably the best way to go about it in a general standpoint or from a general standpoint. Um, but yeah, so for this audition, it was kind of unconventional. We, um, I knew in advance what they were going to do. Um, it was a dance. You did a dance routine number where they teach you the dance while you're there. And then you perform the dance. And then you're going to do a little bit of dialogue where you're going to, they're going to just hand you a scene and you're going to speak. So you really can't prepare because you just get a sheet of dialogue and you perform it. And then um, afterward, it was an option to perform 30 seconds of a song, which I always take the optional extra credit route. Why not? You know, I want them to know I'm into it. And what I I do because I'm a little bit on the crazier side. I like watched the film, knew the role I wanted to be. I knew the role that I wanted before I even watched the film. And I showed up to the audition 
kind of wearing an outfit that I think this character would wear. It kind of resembled her outfit because I thought, you know what, why not? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I think the key is, is just, um, I think putting all yourself out, putting yourself out there to the fullest, um, being brave, know you're probably going to get rejected because you usually are and just kind of make humor of that or just take confidence in that. And then I think the number one key, and this is something that people don't do because they get so nervous when they audition, is really listening. So in dialogue, you've got point A and point B, right? I'm point A, I'm speaking. And let's say Ava is my other castmate or she's the casting director and she's talking to me with point B. The key to dialogue is that A listens and responds to B. So, you know, you get so caught up in trying to memorize the lines and how you're going to say it, but the key to an actual performance is, what did Ava say? Okay, I'm going to take that in just like real life, right? Ava says something to me, I take it in, I listen, and I respond. And that is something that is really hard to do when you're super nervous on stage. And so I guess overall, I get so nervous in auditions and I, I don't think I've ever felt like I nailed anything in my life. Um but the more you can kind of try to stay present in that room and just really listen to the person talking to you, the better off you'll be as a performer. Um, but yeah, sorry. That was kind of a lot of information I threw at you. Um, I'm kind of no, jittery from getting that. That was, that was so good. I was like, I, you could see me. I was like, yeah, yeah. That was like inspirational. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we're about to take a break, but I think we have one more minute. What would you say, like, just one thing that helps you? Because I'm kind of similar where I don't like to, I have a big personality, but when it, when I get on stage, it kind of, I, I clam up a little bit. What's something that you suggest to kind of get out of that shell? And then we'll take a break and then do our last little bit. Um, well, I think like some people say, and I don't recommend this, but you know, if you have a glass of wine or you just kind of loosen up a little bit, you'll be a little better. Um, but that is probably an unhealthy option. And at 10 in the morning, I'm not going to do that. But um, I would say exercising can really help if you work out before and kind of release endorphins, um, physical exercise, rehearsing. If you're really prepared, you'll just feel more confident because you know what you're going into. Yeah. Um, and just not caring. Like I, that's so hard to say, but just really trying to disassociate from yourself <laughs> and just throwing yourself yeah. into the role. Because at the end of the day, like it really doesn't matter. You know, there's a million roles out there and there's a million things for you. But <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's my advice. But no, I, I love that advice. I need to take that advice a little bit. Um, maybe the wine, too. <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you so much, Elise. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. For the rocky horror show even if you're not in it i'm excited to go and hopefully we can participate in the audience and dress up and it'll be super yeah. fun um, <laughs> it will be fun but yeah I, I think we're gonna take a break um we're gonna end the episode after this with just me talking about my one year anniversary of the voice episode yes. airing, and then um just say our thank yous and that'll be it for today but um we'll see you in just a bit after the break I keep it juicy, juicy. I eat that lunch. Mm. She keep that booty, booty. She keep that plump, yeah. That natural beauty, beauty, yeah, yeah. If you could see it from the front, we tell you see it from the back, 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 juicy, back, back, yeah, back, 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 juicy, back, 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 juicy. If you could see it from the front, we tell you see you in the back, yeah. He like it thick, he like it fat, yeah. Like to keep him wanting Hi, I'm Siobhan Fallon-Hogan, and I've written the new movie that's coming out October 6th all over the country, Shelter in Solitude, and I am thrilled to be on Angel Babies. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be her 
has a kite by then yeah I miss the earth so much I miss my life oh it's a lonely out in space on such a time Welcome back to the Angel Baby Show. I'm Elise and I'm here with my sister Ava. I just spoke a little bit about um, an audition I had this morning and just some audition tips that I typically try to use, you know, practice what you preach. Um, but today I am so excited because my sister Ava, if you are not familiar, was on season 22 of The Voice. And a year ago today, her show was on television and I remember there was my I was in college and I had like 20 people over and we all watched her and it was amazing but I can't believe that was a year ago because it really doesn't feel that long ago to me at all and so Ava I would love for you to use this segment to just kind of talk about the voice and looking back on a year ago today and just where you are now so yeah take it away yeah oh my gosh so it's kind of crazy to me to think that the episode aired a year ago a year ago, I was at Berkeley, um, and I remember I like couldn't even watch the episode because it was like on Peacock and everything. So I think I went home and watched it. Um, but it was a crazy whirlwind. I was so nervous. I remember in the opening segment, in the B roll, they made me like dance because they knew I was on dance team. And so I texted all my dance team friends, and I'm like, "They made me dance. I promise. Like I don't usually dance like that." Um, but yeah, the episode airing was just crazy for me. It was like so scary. I just remember actually thinking I was going to have a heart attack. I felt like I was more <laughs> nervous to watch the actual Watching, episode. Yeah. yeah, because it's just it's the way you're being portrayed in front of like thousands of people and uh -huh. you don't get any, you know, you don't get any control in what what parts of your interviews they put in and really what they, they don't like send you anything in advance and say, hey, are we good to post this? I will say they kind of, I got a little sneak peek. I remember the producer of my segment would text me kind of updates and say like, oh, this is, you know, what we're, what we're looking at, but he didn't send me the whole thing. So I, it was my first time watching the episode as, as it was everybody else's. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being so nervous and I remember I said I was from like Santa Barbara, which I feel like I regret because we only lived there for like a year. No, I know and it's hard because we move around so much. It's like, I don't know I where know. I'm from. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's it's so scary, too, because any time someone finds out about the voice, it's not like the olden days where they can just take my word for it. And yeah. like they just just I'm a good singer. Like they actually just take out their phone in front of me and like look up my episode on YouTube. It happened to me the other day in class. I, I was like, oh, God, please don't do that. Yeah. I was like, please don't oh. do that. Um, yeah, I will say like, I mean, coming from like a mental health standpoint on it. I definitely get a lot of anxiety when it comes to my episode. I feel like the nerves and the time of day, it was late at night and um, just everything wrapped into one. I felt like it wasn't my strongest um, performance. And I mean, obviously it was enough for two judges to turn around. If you haven't seen it, John Legend and Camila Cabello turned around and I ended up choosing Camila Cabello and I was on Camila Cabello's team. Um, but I feel way stronger about about my second performance with um, my partner. I felt like I was more comfortable. I felt like I sounded better. Um, so I always am, am, you know, trying to get people to watch the second one rather than the first one. But 
I think that's just kind of me being a perfectionist, me being annoying. I kind of also I I just want to interrupt and say that like when you think, oh, this is one of my worst performances, like Ava's standard is unbelievable. If I sounded anywhere close to you did on that first episode, I would be parading that around town. So like take everything Ava says with a grain of salt when it comes to her talent, because she's very humble. Um, But sorry, I just wanted to. (laughs) No, you're so sweet. I just, um, just sometimes, you know, after a year of it being up and the episode, anyone can look it up. Anyone, a lot of people have seen it. Um, it's just kind of like little comments about like, oh, like, why'd you wear this or why that song? And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel um, scared, like I did the wrong thing, like I picked the wrong coach. But I think just you know coming from a point where it's like something so big that happens in your life it changes a lot of things it changes your perspective on things it opens up like pandora's box of what the heck do i want to do with my life um so if anyone's watching this and anyone has experienced something similar to that um just kind of have it in your head that like these people who are nitpicking this like you know they don't know the pressure they don't know like everything that has gone into it um With all that being said, though, I am very grateful for the experience and I'm very grateful for the community that it's established. Um, they, I have friends. I, I will say my season felt like a very young season. I remember we had like a 15 year old boy that went on to like really far, a 17 year old girl like that went on really far. Like we had really young kids that went really far. Um, and so I felt like the whole season was just, people kind of like finding themselves um which i felt like was kind of special to be a part of that season because i felt like i was kind of right there um with them uh but yeah the community of people are just really kind everybody comments on each other's instagram when someone's single releases everybody posts it and even the upcoming season actually i was talking to our executive producer about this jeremiah um hopefully i'm gonna be able to interview people on this season uh, which is really exciting. And I feel like we'll, um, you know, we'll we'll get some really great conversations because obviously I've been on the show. They've been on it. We both kind of know what's going on. Um, so I think we'll get to some um, really, you know, deep, meaningful conversations um, with each other. So look, for, I'm looking forward to that actually in the future. But yeah, the community of The Voice is just amazing. The production of The Voice is so efficient, so organized. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful because I think the voice was exactly the show that you want to showcase your voice. It's literally like the judges can't see you. They don't know what you look like. They only hear your voice. They're only judging you on your voice. I think for me as a person, um, that was really beneficial and really made me feel like, um, I was a good singer. So, um, so yeah. Well, I think that that's really interesting too about the voice because i think that like respectfully like you're very beautiful and you modeled and so like they just heard you singing they didn't even know what you looked like and i'm sure that like not that you've had any identity crisis but like that probably really made you feel like okay like i'm a good singer you know like this has nothing to do with how i look or what i'm wearing this is just my voice and my talent um so that is probably my favorite aspect of the show and I think that, you know, kind of what you're saying about just random people that have never sang a note in their life and don't know anything about mm-hmm. the industry and just pull things up on their phone and watch it. You know, I always go back to that Roosevelt quote, as corny as it sounds, just like it's not the critic who counts. You know, it's so easy for me to lay on my bed and go on my phone and like judge the outfits at the Met Gala when I'm literally yeah. like a Costco comfy. So I think that like at the end of the day, like just the fact that you, got that far and got to put yourself out there like you should always be proud of it you know there's only so many opinions out there that really matter (laughs) you know exactly as long as i think it was good and as long as i'm proud of myself and my family's proud of me i think that's that's really all that matters but there's so many people that are proud of me though i'm like making it sound like people (laughs) (laughs) there's so many people that are proud of me i just you know it was kind of a long process to get to where i am now after the year of the episode airing accepting the imperfections in it 
and um just kind of moving along and and incre- and getting better at singing you know taking yeah. this as a thing stop um but we need to break sadly this is the last segment of our episode i don't know how it went by so fast um we talked to to an amazing actress we talked about nashville we talked about rocky horror we talked about the voice we talked about auditioning tips so this was a jam-packed episode and i'm so excited and happy that you guys got to listen to this whole thing hopefully um thank you jeremiah higgins for being our amazing executive producer thank you dr d for making us sound amazing our sound engineer and um yeah thank you guys for listening and tuning in and just kind of being here while we uh while we get our careers going i'm elise thurston and i'm ava lynn thurston and this is the angel baby show we'll see you next time oh wow ava lynn it was really exciting when you went up and we got to hear your head voice and it was just flawless and it sounded great thank you orlando you have a lot of character just on stage i was not expecting when you did that long strong note that your voice is going to do that so well you kind of blew me away with that you choose blake thank you i choose blake Well, that was so fun. It was really like an interesting take on the song. Ava Lynn, you sounded really great. I loved hearing your range and all the things you can do with your voice. And then Orlando, that gravel and that growl, you just seemed to own the stage and your presence was really felt by everyone. That was really fun to watch. Thank you. I feel like Ava gave a little more variety in her performance as far as what she did vocally, but Orlando probably pulled out the victory because of that big, long, sweeping note. Overall, Ava did more, but that was just a really great moment that you had there, Orlando. Thank you, Blake. That was sick. Thank you, coaches. Camille, you, of course, have the final decision. Give us some thoughts on the battle first. Between Blake and Gwen. Uh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I'm so proud of you guys. Ava, you really came out of your shell from the rehearsal when you went up there and you did that, which is like impossible range. And your tone was so beautiful on that part. You've really grown since the last time I saw you. And Orlando, I mean... Your voice has so much character, so much personality. That crazy moment, I don't even, that was like, I hadn't seen that in rehearsal and I was so excited about it when I was like, oh my God. That was cool. It was so cool. You have such stage presence, so fun to watch you. Camila, the time has come. Who is the winner of this battle? I feel like you guys both have different strengths and different journeys ahead of you. Um, the winner of this battle for me will have to be Orlando. Congratulations, Orlando Mendez, moving on to the knockout. I had to pick Orlando because he just has a swag that's exciting. It's my fourth chair turn, so I'm excited for Orlando to have more wow moments. I'm going to the knockout, baby. I'm so excited. I cannot thank you enough. This whole experience has just been absolutely insane. So I'm just so, so, so grateful. Give it up one more time for Ava Lynn. I felt like Ava Lynn really grew from rehearsals to today. I'm excited for the rest of your journey. Thank you. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at Jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound producer engineer Richard Dr. D. Dugan. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. And me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 